Hey, Rachel. Hey, Andrew. There's something up there. Is there something up there, Rachel? There is. Oh, well, it's probably a good thing we are, uh, we've got a podcast that we can use to talk about the things that are up there. Wouldn't you agree? Something up there, Mulder. Uh, <laughs> I've been saying that for years. <laughs> well, we don't have any coffee today, but we do have a great episode to cover and some red wine. So that's, uh, I'd say that's pretty good, right? This is great. Great. It's a great way to spend the afternoon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Glad you clarified that, that we aren't drinking at 10 a.m. Like a lot of other uh, <laughs> sort of shut-ins might be. Late afternoon. In fact, it's almost <laughs> it's dinner almost, time. Yeah, folks. almost. Um, you can't judge this too harshly since uh, since it is during quarantine still. <laughs> Today we are covering uh, season one, episode three, entitled Squeeze. Squeeze. So we're going to put the squeeze on this. Um, this is an episode that uh, you would describe as iconic. Yes. Yes. And you did. I did. Uh, <laughs> Facebook.com slash there's something up there. Rachel. Yeah. I've maybe briefly mentioned this. My parents have started watching X-Files uh, going back through it, I guess, because my dad did watch it back in the day, but my mom never really did. So they just finished episode three mm-hmm. <laughs> and i got a mouthful from mom of how how squirmish she was from this squeeze mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. um which Squeezing made me laugh squirming in her seat yes yeah. that's funny it kind of it does this is a this is bringing up the gross factor you know what you this know, is a, this is the real thing right here for sure this is um i was gonna i was gonna say i mean this is so this is episode three so we're still pretty early on um, but this is a way less, uh, I think philosophical episode as yeah. compared to the first two, because this is all just creature feature, mm-hmm. you know, monster, monster of the week kind of guy. Monster of the week. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've got our, uh, we've got our sort of opening scene in which, uh, the businessman is, uh, taken out. By, uh, we don't see what it is, but we can kind of infer that he's coming Alone in through the in vents. The mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, this is kind of where we get our first indication that um, we might be dealing with somebody who can uh, go through confined spaces. Through very confined spaces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So small that a child couldn't go through. Mm-hmm so small that maybe a small animal could go through and that's about it and that's it mm-hmm. so this is also a uh um well something that was standing out to me is that uh scully she's being reached out to by uh by some like former co-workers so to speak or those that don't really work with spooky Mulder. No, we are introduced to agent Colton, who is, uh, from, from Scully's time in the Academy, uh, who is played by Donald Logue. Mm-hmm. He, um, he shows up in a lot of different stuff. He was in blade. Um, he was in, um, he's in Gotham. He plays, um, seen that. he plays, uh, Harvey Bullock. Okay. Um, Gotham is that, um, it's basically, it's like a Batman um, TV series, but it follows more of uh, Jim Gordon mm-hmm. rather than, because Bruce Wayne in this is a teenager. Right. 
Gotham's a really good show. Watch Gotham, but this is not a Gotham podcast. No. This is not a Donal Logue podcast either. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say Scully is uh, taking the lead on this for the maybe the first time so far in the series. And not just because they're asking her yeah. um, to come and. Yeah. Well, she's know. definitely on the case. Right. But um, Mulder's kind of backseat because he hasn't really been invited. No. And then I love that uh, she's starting to own the weird phenomena, strange cases yeah. kind of thing without Mulder, but also almost like on behalf of Mulder. Well, here's the thing. Um, uh, did you ever have, uh, when you were growing up, a friend that would like make fun of your family member? Like you were ragging on your family member and then a friend would jump in and then you'd be like, hey, you can't say, I can say that, but you can't say that. <laughs> yes. So... Um, enemies with your brother or sister mm -hmm. all day long until somebody else right. decides yeah. to jumps yeah it's like you can't say that about no, my brother you can't yeah so it's kind of it's it's becoming like that mm -hmm. uh-huh she, she's defending him and she's yeah. she might not agree with um what he's saying but she definitely um still you know you can you can already tell that they care about each other deeply yeah mm -hmm. what's a first impression of the beginning of this episode like um, the, the iconic squeeze episode the squeeze, and yes. it's starting out um <laughs> like the very beginning uh, wherever you want to go well because, i guess what's standing up to because you. the beginning of the episode is where we get you know the uh this businessman he walks in and he's attacked um and then you've got scully and um colton having lunch right and they're sort of reminiscing and uh this is, I mean, this is the point where he's kind of ragging on Mulder and saying like, hey, why don't you come do a real case mm -hmm. with me? You know, I could use a real hand on this. Yep. I think he's trying to, you know, get his, get his buddy back. You know, they were, they were, you know, friends yep. in the academy. Yeah. They're like, you're a really you know, you're, valuable you're wasting, yeah. agent. We don't want you over there. No. Wasting all of your mm -hmm, great mm -hmm. <laughs> expertise on yeah. these weird cases. Yeah. And I love how Mulder comes in and he just sort of... <laughs> He, uh, he comes into the crime scene with Scully and he just lets loose his weird, his like weird alien stuff. Yep. <laughs> Talking about the reticulins and how much liver and onions go, liver and onion goes for in the reticulin galaxy. Right. And you see Mulder in this, like they, they start to become endearing characters to me because of just the way they are and them really acting genuinely like to their strengths mm -hmm. and Mulder uh, starts, you know, dusting for a fingerprint in the most random spot way up high on the wall where yeah. a vent is. And they're like, what the heck are you doing while everyone else is speculating and talking? Right. And he's just quietly. Yeah, he's doing his thing. Bringing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Observing. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, going he's after the guy who he's the guy who believes in the fantastical, you know, um, he, he always kind of will be. And I mean, he, he concedes, yeah, I see no evidence of alien activity in this. And so Scully is kind of a little bit incredulous, like, well, what else is what? Is, this is the age of the X-Files. These are going to be all about aliens. The last two episodes were about aliens. And we don't have that. Nope. We settle into more of uh, what, what the what the majority of the series is kind of going to be about. And that's like a creature of the week sort of. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a variety. You don't get a lot of uh, episodes with sort of. Uh, any kind of continuation i think the way that they are suspending that for the viewers and for the way i'm experiencing it 
it's it goes unnoticed for me because you're still dealing with strange shit going down right and yeah, weird yeah. creatures yeah. but then but then you bring it up a lot and i'll be recognizing that okay where is the alien connection or is there one mm -hmm. um and it's like it gives me this impression that the whole time maybe i'm gonna find out seasons from now that like Mulder believes everything is connected or he he just has this hunch that these you know weird people are somehow affected by mm -hmm. a world we cannot see um but but maybe not right maybe it's just a lot of weird content but it's not the kind of weird content where it's just always um i don't know some like biological um deformity or um psychologically something going wrong yeah that we can even like point to in medicine like the way scully would and say oh this is like what this patient's problem is right um it's always stranger than that so absolutely um kind of jumping forward i mean we don't even know we don't even know what is sort of wrong because we um we we discover that their their sort of main suspect is a man named eugene victor tombs and it's Mulder's working theory that he Obviously, you've watched the episode, so you don't need me to explain, but it's his theory that Eugene Toombs is some kind of genetic mutant who has come straight out of, you know, the the early 1900s, you know, 1903 yeah. as early is early as... easily over 100 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's he's not shying away. He, lean, he almost leans into that idea that um, this guy is over 100 years old and is using these livers to sort of sustain himself. All, all the victims have been have had their liver uh, taken away in case you haven't watched the episode, which you, you know, shame mm -hmm. on you. <laughs> but he, he leans into it, you know, during the interrogation, he has him ask those hundred, how, how old are you? Are you over a hundred years old? Have you ever been to Powhatan Mill, killed anybody? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's after that that we sort of see like Scully. I, I love the, the playful interaction between you know Mulder and Scully here where he's telling her like yeah hey, you can go off and do do your own thing and she's, like, she's no, like wait 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 hold on though <laughs> I want to see what you got you got something else I think your leads are more interesting than the rest mm -hmm. of the FBI mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah and and it's it's she she's been assigned here so she has her sense of duty right but she and Mulder I think have 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 started an actual friendship mm -hmm. you know they're they're actually friends at this point yeah you know yep Mulder uh had to lean or i don't even know if he had to lean but he was probably content and secure to lean on scully because she was in the position the um she had the clearance to be doing what she was doing and to be working with them right and he's just kind of like i said taking back seat and is like, mm -hmm. hey, I think you're onto something. No, ride. I actually think you're onto something. Yeah. I'm not just trying to assert my mm -hmm. crazy opinion. Yeah. And well, I mean, this this goes back to what we've already said is that she's routinely shown all of the freaky stuff and like has to come to terms with like, I don't know why or how this is medically or scientifically possible, but it's happening. Yeah. You know, she again says, how am I going to explain, you know, in my report that, you know, this is a work of aliens, you know, are you trying to say this is aliens? And he's like, no, it's not aliens, you know? So when she's sitting there with like the board of agents and, um, mm -hmm. is giving her 
scenario giving her mm -hmm. best uh, shot at it yeah and just saying you know well i think x y and z is the is the reason he's feeding off their liver in order to purify himself mm -hmm. and to sustain himself and yeah. and i think we need to be targeting these mm -hmm. um locations where he's killed where we allegedly believe him to have killed other victims mm -hmm. um she seems really proud of herself <laughs> Yeah. Like it's all very nice and tight, like cookie cutter well, uh, in that moment. And they're like, good job, Scully, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it definitely, she's done her, she's given the best possible report that has nothing to do with any out there situations. Exactly. You know, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. And yet I know that she's leaning into it, even though she they don't. Well, she, yeah, she knows, that. but she also has to frame this through the lens of plausibility uh-huh and she does a really good job of spinning it like mm -hmm. that Mulder's scenario where a man can you know go in through a six by 18 vent you know and that that's six inches by 18 inches yeah she's speaking fit their himself language. through this kind of small vent it's implausible you know nobody's gonna believe her you know taking out this fai board it's it's not, not gonna believe her so she's spun it in such a way that mm -hmm. seems plausible mm -hmm. and so that's really that's kind of, she's really the anchor, you know, he's out to sea, but she's the anchor. Right. Um, quick little trivia. Do you remember what year they said the first uh, case was solved by fingerprinting? You can say it. 1903. I'm, uh, I'm pantomiming oh, with my it's hands. It's 01, isn't it? No, it was 1903. Pretty sure it's 01. <laughs> I also started looking it up. No, I was just curious because um, I love that, again, we're dealing with uh, the impossibility of this is dealing with time again. There's no way this guy can be over 100 years old. He doesn't so look like it. They're doing a lot with fingerprints in yeah. this one. A whole lot with the fingerprints. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because fingerprinting is a is a pretty at, at this at at this stage in the 90s and definitely by now fingerprinting is a pretty reliable way of um, categorizing or 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 cataloging. So I found someone. that. Yeah, concerning that. So it would have been 67 when we could start to read and compare prints optically. Okay. And then um, it says each request to search the database took months, but then in 99, the Bureau launched a computerized database, which obviously sped things up majorly, and then that was refined in 2014. Mm -hmm. So um, when this was actually being made, when this show was being shot, it would have been before the bureau had launched this right or like right around the time i don't know that's interesting that it's 99 that they're saying that's when they started computing uh through the computer you know yeah. having a database and matching things because we watch mm -hmm. Mulder and scully taking those elongated prints and mm -hmm. trying to make sense of them and then Mulder, of course is like well what if we just and then stretches yeah. eugene tomb's print and right. then they match up yeah it's true. Um, what I what I think is funny is that they have two, that they sort of focus in on two um, criminal categorizing techniques, and that one is fingerprinting, mm -hmm. and the other is uh, the big scene where they give Tombs the polygraph, mm -hmm. because um, I don't know if you know this, and uh, if if I'm wrong, please correct me in the comments. But uh, polygraphing is not admissible in court because it's not you can't uh it's 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 almost like it's almost like chiropractic you know it's almost like a considered like a quack science it's almost like a, a, a quack 
technique to sort of um to give somebody a lie detector because you can't you can't prove the results mm. you know anything can affect the results people can fake their way through lie detectors all the time yeah you just have to know how to manipulate the manipulate basically your physiology mm-hmm. right yeah so it's and if you're one of the Jason Bournes out there, you're going to do it pretty well. <laughs> well, if you're one of the Victor Tombs out there, Eugene Victor Tombs, then you can just elongate your body at will. Yeah. Um, you definitely can can alter your, uh, you know, skin, electromagnetic field or whatever. It's so weird. He's a, yeah, he's weird. He's he's real gross. It's it's so strange that he's got this this sort of twofold approach because it's not enough for him to be over a hundred and feeding on livers to sort of, you know, prolong his life. Extracting them with his bare hands. Yeah. He's also, he also has the ability to stretch (laughs) really weirdly, you know? So he's, yeah, he's definitely Elastaman. Yeah, exactly. Stretch Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. (laughs) You remember Stretch Armstrong? I think that's another big 90s toy. I had a big oh, stretch on yeah, yeah, I do remember those. Mm-hmm. You'd like pump them up and they're like, they would, f- it was full of like yeah. something and th- that would like cause it to like harden or whatever. Mm-hmm. Stretch Armstrong is an interesting one. Ooh, gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is gross. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of grossness in here. Like when they find Tombs cocoon. Okay, yeah. That, I need to talk <laughs> about that for a second yep. because that was... This paper mache tomb. So uncomfortable. Yeah. It is. It's like this paper mache Eugene Tombs tomb. Mm-hmm. And immediately gave me that uh I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't seen Alien, but immediately made me think of Alien and these um body parts <laughs> of the victims from the alien or mm-hmm. you, you can't even tell if the people are that um have been killed by the alien right. or are slowly dying or still intact but they have been plastered up on the spaceship's wall by weird gross alien goop. alien goop <laughs> yeah i wonder i wonder how much of this spe- specific episode of the x-files influenced the movie jeepers creepers okay did you ever see that one no um well the first one has uh justin long i don't know who the female lead was uh-huh. um but it's basically a creature who is um, living underneath this farmhouse and he comes out of retirement every, Ooh, I think it's like 13 years or something like that. And he doesn't specifically feed on livers, but he kind of takes um, a certain amount of victims. Mm -hmm. And you find out later that he can basically regenerate himself at will as long as he has people to feed off of. Yeah. So it's, it's a very, it's a very similar concept. Although this isn't a a man, this is kind of like, this is pretty squarely in the like monster realm. Like this isn't a monstrous human. This is like a a monster monster (laughs) monster. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting for sure. Um, I would love to look into how much, this episode influenced that movie because mm-hmm. it's it's basically like right on the nose yeah mm-hmm. and when you i think when you're dealing with and this is really what exiles tends to always be dealing with is there's nothing scarier than um 
humans being those monsters or or things that appear to be human right being these freaky freakish things you can't understand that can yeah. do weird things because all day long we can deal with slaying the dragon and and taking it for what it is or yeah going up against the weird alien yeah. and everyone wants it to die yeah but, but when the evil looks just like you yes it's, it's so little, terrifying it they, they home. give him those eerie yellow contacts yeah those <laughs> orange yeah, yellow eyes colored yeah mm-hmm. practically the same color as the bile that's holding everything together in his yeah, tomb pretty much so um i always find that to be really disturbing yeah of course yep it's it's uh it's almost like a perversion of nature mm-hmm. you know it's almost like um this is it, it's just unnatural it's unnatural and i think a lot of human beings find sort of um uh genetic abnormalities like that sort of aberrant and unnatural and i think there's a uh, an intrinsic revulsion when you have that mm-hmm. you know i mean you know not not to there there are people who have like a, a a visceral reaction when they see somebody who has a you know a, a normal genetic deformity you know let alone somebody who's able to live for hundreds of years and squeeze through um <laughs> greats in in office buildings but you see somebody you know out on the street you see a homeless person with no no legs you know and they you know a mm-hmm. lot of people would be like ugh i don't you know it's like it's it's revolting to people and it's i think it's a primal I think it's something primal in in human beings to sort of have that have that disconnect that something isn't quote unquote the way it should be. Yep. And it just sort of it triggers something in us. Yeah. You know. Right. There's a lot of people and it's hard it's hard I think for people to muscle past that. Mhm. You know. Yep. You can't you can't stare that in the face and you can also see yourself in it and you can, and then start right. having all it, the yeah. questions. It's of, too real. I mean, there, you know, it, you know, you could easily very, you could very easily be that person, mm-hmm. you know, through, through one means or another, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it makes us, I think, confront our own mortality, our own humanity. And yeah. a lot of people can't do that so well. Right. You know, that makes me think of the movie we were watching, The Shape of Water. Oh boy! And how we our did mute watch that. protagonist identifies so strongly with this strange creature, right? Fish man, yeah. Uh, because they're both because they both have a deformity. They, I mean, he is a deformity. He, well, yeah, <laughs> well, he's on the a, whole, he's a monster. He's you know? a monster yeah. fish man. Yeah, and she can't speak. Right. Well, yeah, and they both find. Uh, different means of communication. Mm-hmm. They both find alternative means, you know, just because somebody who somebody can't speak, somebody can't see, you know, doesn't make them any, any less human. Right. You know, but this is kind of an inversion of that because he <laughs> kills people and eats their livers. Yes. A little with or without some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> That's another one. Put a, uh, put silent of the lambs on the list. List of movies for us to watch. At it right Mm -hmm. now. Give me a second. (laughs) Yeah, it's um. Add it to the list. It's another. Yeah, it's another '90s classic. I'm trying not to have this podcast be too '90s centric, but it's a little hard when. It's okay if it is. (laughs) You know, I'm gonna take that. It's a little hard when it uh. We're talking about the specific era that this episode was filmed in. So Andrew just got a members-only jacket. Members-only. And apparently I influenced that, or I hope I did, because I got my own. Yeah, you also bought Um, yours. Yeah, I love bomber jackets. Yeah, bomber uh, jackets are good. But then 
Andrew tried it on and thought it might be too short. Oh, too cropped. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> we're going to talk about that much. Huh? Oh, I am. Okay. I mean, Andrew's nice and tall and this jacket I think looks great on him, but I bring it up because with our nineties fashion, um, you I think talk about the pantsuit, I want to talk you? about the pantsuit. You so. always want to talk about the pantsuit. <laughs> We're going to have a special segment <laughs> bonus on, towards content the, towards the end of every episode. I just episode. want to point out what everybody pantsuit fascination. <laughs> I just want to point out what everybody's thinking. And that is that her pantsuits are huge and crazy and also <laughs> awesome, but they're not cropped. So her, her, her jacket it's so long it makes her look frumpy and yet she still manages to she's got elegance that's what i wanted to say jillian anderson is she still has she does yeah this episode she's worn my favorite pantsuit so far (laughs) that nice caramel brown with a really really fresh white blouse underneath oh yes and she looks mighty fine Yes. She's rocking it. You uh you better look out. So anyway, so whether you want the frumpy long Scully. jacket or you want the cropped, they both work. Mm-hmm, it's just what mm-hmm. look do you want? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm gonna invite uh Scully on this podcast and date oh. her. You gotta watch out. Oh gosh. It's pantsuits. No you just start wearing more my pantsuits. My hope in this, folks, is just to what is just to get Andrew to be happy with me wearing a pantsuit never, like, like that. It never will happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I don't like the pantsuit look. I'm going to say it now for everybody to hear. <laughs> Let it be known. Episode three. I am not a fan of but the pantsuit. But she looks so elegant. Okay, we can move on. I'm not a fan of the big 90s pantsuit. Mm. What uh, What else do you have to say to me and to our, our listeners about this episode? Mm. What was your favorite part of this episode? Um, mm, I think it is probably how like the heat feels like it's turned up and I have those moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting into this when Mm -hmm. the monster is coming after one of our protagonists and this is the first time that's happening. Yeah. So when Scully is putting, uh, drawing water in the bath, we got, you know, you got that moment where you're like, oh my gosh, she's about to be in the most vulnerable state. We've got yeah. the psycho bath going yeah. and the psycho is coming. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, like Mulder is racing to her rescue, but can't get a hold of her on the phone. Because mm-hmm. uh, Tombs has cut the line. Yes. So yeah, I love those suspense moments. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing, like with, with how slow tombs speaks and how he carries himself and how he acts all primal and in certain moments you kind of forget that this is a human person with intelligence yeah that's true and so he was able to go over to and and cut scully's landline yeah you know expertly right true so it's like the first time that Mulder and scully um together make this huge arrest or you know yeah Eugene's on top of Scully is about to dig into her liver Mm -hmm. and then Mulder Mulder busts busts in in. and then Scully reattacks or or I guess attacks him for the first time. She's no slouch, you know? Yeah, she's she's capable Um, agent. And then you have this like really quick like handcuff happens from Mm -hmm. Mulder and then Scully finishes the job by handcuffing him to the bathtub. Right. So he's not happy. No, and this is actually... um... I mean, after episode one and two, we're kind of used to uh, evidence going up in flames or being stolen or, or 
exposed to direct sunlight and yeah you know, it feels film. really good when they have it in their they possession su- yeah yeah it feels great and then it's it was so gratifying for this to actually kind of lead to a successful arrest yep like all said and done tombs we leave him he's quote unquote behind bars he yeah. cannot he he except Mulder he is already he, yeah. concerned about the fact that bars won't keep mm, someone like true. this guy in yeah so but yeah, for all intents and purposes, he can't escape. It's true. Um, but I, I think, I think the only thing this episode lacks is us seeing how Agent Colton would react to a tomb's arrest. Right, and especially in the face of this glaring evidence. Right, which I guess, uh, as you pointed out to me when the first time we watched this episode, we don't get to continue with Eugene Tombs in the next episode, do we? No, we do not. This is there. It is a uh, episode four is a different topic. But they make it seem like we might, and then I find it's myself. Some, oh shoot! We we maybe haven't heard the last of Eugene Victor Tombs. Right. So, so I can agree that I I would have loved that. Uh, yeah conclusion yeah so to speak. sort of seeing colton have to eat crow after yeah, after ass. him yeah <laughs> yeah really as uh as, as scully says yeah well um you have like in the in the weird uh in these weird cases that Mulder and scully are being put through or throwing themselves into um colton like colton wants this for himself because he wants it for his fame and he wants it for his prestige but for them he wants to climb the ladder yeah scully calls him out and it's like like, i'm whose side are you on i'm on the victim's side like yeah a man is that is something that is something that just keeps coming up and i feel like i bring it up every time we watch an episode where i'll be like ah whose side are we on like Mm -hmm. fbi internally is always being against one another yeah and at odds because it's who who's gonna Mm-hmm. win who gets the fame who gets the collar yeah and, and so that kind of like limited corruption that you kind of get to see mm-hmm. in this tv series can just be infuriating to me because it's yeah. it's no uh it's, i guess it's just not that far off from what any of us can be guilty of no today yeah and definitely i mean Mulder and scully are the moral arbiters right in this they are they're seeking the truth for the sake of the truth not mm-hmm. for the sake of any fame or mm-hmm. glory they want to see justice done yeah you know and it could be written that way that they're the ardent defenders of the truth or it could be you know just how it is but yeah it just seems like everybody is against them they don't want to believe they're out for their own skin or they're you know or or they're under orders from somebody else Mm -hmm. so i mean they're they're we're we're clearly locked on our heroes as as of right now we have no seen and yeah. we've not seen any moral ambiguity on their part yeah um full agreement yep. mm-hmm. my two last questions i'll pose to you before okay. we wrap up what enneagram number do you think eugene tombs is oh my god <laughs> are we allowed to type this guy <laughs> can we even this monster yeah well that was a joke question well why don't i just like for a second go with this um not because we can actually type him i don't think but just for maybe giving some more content to the health levels Mm -hmm. if eugene can be considered a a real human that is somehow a mutant or whatever um he is at a very not just unhealthy level uh 
psychologically speaking, but there's also a lot more going on there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to, yeah, I know you were joking, but I just like to, yeah. I don't know, take that to point out that um, you wouldn't be able to take a caricature like him and be like, oh yeah, I see the yeah. need for security. What are you talking about? Like, no, yeah. we're dealing with unhealthy levels mm-hmm. of the psychosis. Right. So yeah, of course. So bizarre, but I have no idea <laughs> in, in real answer to your no, question. No, for sure. We had gone 30 minutes without mentioning the Enneagram. So you I know thought it's it was, come up. yeah. Um, and then second question, uh, what do you rate this out of, um, out of five? What, a out of, out of all the, uh, stolen souvenirs that Victor tomb has out of mm. five. I want to give this one a five. I know it's yeah. iconic. I know it's easy to give it a five, mm-hmm. but um, I loved it. And yeah, that's a great scene with uh, yeah. all of those relics. And then Scully's in the dark leaving with Mulder and it's like, oh, wait, I'm caught on something. Yeah. And he's just dangling above her. Yeah. Like some creep. Like some, yeah, it's like some maniac. <laughs> like the creepiest and grabs her necklace. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that he does it on the front side instead of what I believed to be usually on the backside or during the event of mm-hmm. killing someone. Right. So he's already got his eyes set on her. His, yeah. Picked his next meal. But, but yeah, uh, I can easily give it a five. Oh what yeah. About, what about for you? I give this a, uh, I give this five, uh, half eaten livers out of five, <laughs> five and a half, five and no, no, <laughs> no, we can't do it. We do five out of five. I know, I know. We do it five X, uh, X cops out of five. We didn't yeah. even talk about that guy. Mm-mm. That old, old cop. Mm-mm. Maybe he'll come up again. I think he does. Maybe. maybe I don't maybe. know. Maybe we're in episode three. We had a long ways before we think about Eugene Victor tombs ever again. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to thank you for being here, Rachel. I want to thank all of our listeners. Thanks for bringing me here. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, the truth is out there. Keep watching the skies. Keep watching.